Greetings and salutations. You're listening to This Ends at Prom, a podcast where I, teen movie apologist BJ Colangelo, show my wife, Harmony Colangelo, a seminal teen girl movie that I missed out on because I grew up as a teen boy. Is today's movie truly emblematic of womanhood? Or of rose-colored nostalgia glasses warped your perspective? Circle yes, no, or maybe to find out if we're crowning a queen? Or if we're killing the teen dream. Welcome to This Ends at Prom. This Ends at Prom is a Pod People production. I don't wanna be your merch girl. I wanna be your goddamn idol. And I don't wanna have to work twice as hard for the same motherfucking title. But I. You better hold on tight, spider monkeys. Why did I know that was going to be the line you were going to open the episode with? Because, hey, prom party, where the hell have you been, Loka, is not from this movie. (sighs) I think it's just more that we're in for a bumpy ride. (laughs) You better hold on. Friends, this has been one uh, one of our most requested episodes. I know. Yeah. We've got some twihards that listen, and we decided that Valentine's Day is the perfect time to talk about one of the greatest love stories ever told. We are talking Twilight. Oh, boy. (laughs) So I, I have to preface all of this fully, is that the fact that I am the one more excited to talk about this should be an incredible shock to a lot of people. So Prom Party, I, I'm going to take you back a little bit, and I'm going to give you a little confession. Mm-hmm. So y'all know that Harmony and I got our start in horror, and that is predominantly what we are known for. I mean, now I think, actually, I think the teen movie stuff is more so what we're known for, which is really exciting, but pretty much everything that I do is is horror-based. I was writing professionally for the first time when this movie came out, and I was young and I was a woman, and the amount of people that when they would hear, oh, I write about horror movies for a living, immediately assumed, oh, you mean like Twilight, mm-hmm. was so infuriating that I had an entire subsection, like an entire column on my website dedicated to me finding new things to shit on about Twilight. It was called Twatlight. It had its own section. It had its own graphic. Like, it, I was very, very deep into hating twilight i did not know quite to the extent of all this oh yeah it was a whole thing (laughs) there were videos like it was a lot and thankfully they are all scrubbed from the internet and i look back at them and i made a lot of good points but it is clearly the the work of a very scorned teenage girl (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah this is gonna be a huge shocker to anybody who's known my work since then that uh, i'm probably gonna actually come to this movie's defense a little bit uh because you know Time carries on. Opinions time, time change. Time heals all bite wounds. Yes. Time heals all <laughs> bite wounds. And I feel a lot better about Twilight than I did then. And I've been given the space to let those wounds heal. I now have the language to actually discuss where my issues lie. And I'm very, very excited to get into this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. I'm more excited to discuss this than I am 
to actually partake in anything Twilight related, I think. Okay, that's fair. That's okay. very fair. <laughs> I mean, it's a low bar. So. <laughs> well, let's get our morning announcements out of the way. As you all know, we have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash this ends at prom. It's a brand new month. That means brand new content. So come on and join us over there. If you cannot, because we understand that finances are tight, as always, we are living in hell. Share us with a friend. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know the last time we talked about how you can rate on Spotify anymore, but I had mixed feelings about Spotify. But hey, if you want to rate us there, that's cool too. It's your prerogative. I'm not your mom. not going to tell you what to do. Lo- love us critically. <laughs> love us critically. Like, you love us. You don't love Spotify. We just happen to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much that. But with all of our morning announcements out of the way, ooh, Twilight. Harmony, what was your introduction to the inescapable phenomenon known as Twilight? Are we talking about Twilight the franchise or Twilight the movie? The whole damn thing. Give me all of it. Um, I dated a girl in high school who read the books prior to it being uh prior to it being turned into a film. Mm-hmm. And I knew very little about it other than like, oh, there's werewolves involved. And I recognized the covers. So not really much exposure to it. I saw the movie for the first time while being held hostage on a bus. (laughs) Because we were driving from Ohio to Disney. 24 hours on a bus. And I saw it back to back with 2007's Transformers. That is a very weird double feature, but actually, no, it's not a weird double feature because that is very much the you go get a happy meal and it's like, do you want a boy toy or a girl toy? That is what that double feature is. Yeah. Um, I'd like to preface many of the criticisms that frequently come with Twilight by saying I hated both of these films. <laughs> I did not enjoy my time with either of them, like <laughs> at all. Um, but no, we get a point where it's like getting later in the night it's like maybe like eight nine o'clock we've been on the bus for a long time and it's like cool what do we want to watch and there's like three or four girls the very very front where the dvd player is and they had brought the dvd with them going oh my god let's watch twilight and we're all like boo but (laughs) they were close and they were loud and they had the thing in their hands so they put twilight on and um i remember watching it and not having a great time. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is I checked out watching it then. The same place that I checked out watching it now for the show. Which place is that? About after Vampire Baseball. Okay. Where it's like the whole climax. I'm like, dude, I'm just fucking done with this movie. Why are you two hours? Yeah, it's, it's Jesus. long. <laughs> it's long. And then it's just, it's an, I will save those feelings for when I'm finished my story and we get to them. But like, ugh, I, I'm... It's really interesting that 12 years later, I had the exact same spot where I'm like, I'm done as I wipe my hands. <laughs> um, but yeah, the movie ends. There's a chaperone behind me who literally uttered the words, wait, when does the movie start? LOL, that's great. <laughs> and um, someone on the bus screamed like, hey, Laura, are you happy for subjecting us to it? And someone at the front went, they fell asleep. And we all got so mad. (laughs) So the people who put on Twilight fell asleep and didn't even watch it. Yeah. That's great. Oh, what a great troll. Good for them. I don't think it was intentional, but yes. I don't care if it was intentional. That's a great joke. It's fucking awful. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, so that that's my introduction to Twilight. I I did skim the books because I I like to be fair about the things I don't like. Mm-hmm. As so you should be. I found scanned versions of the books that someone had put on the internet, and they had even written in the margins of the book, going like, "Oh my God, Edward! Or, oh, I love this part!" And it was just like <laughs> there was a lot of that. I secretly love books like that that have clearly been read and loved by a teenager. They just make me really happy. I like buying books from garage sales and yard sales and oh, yeah. whatever. So do I. Um, for those reasons. And I think that that's quite sweet, especially because the person who uploaded those scans uh, did so probably like, oh, I'm doing a great service to make sure that people can read this book and does not care that people know <laughs> these are her notes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it's a labor of love because they had to be scanned individually. Yeah. Oh, God, that would take forever. Yeah. Um. So my introduction to Twilight was that the books came out when I was in high school. People were really obsessed with them. I, as a horror girl, was very anti them pretty much right off the bat because I already had to fight so hard to be respected as a woman who liked horror movies, especially a woman who was very, very into vampire movies. As we've discussed before, I have three different tattoos. All three of them are related to a different vampire movie. That's just who I am. So when you say like, oh yeah, I love vampire movies, when Twilight's really popular, then it just immediately is assumed that you're talking about Twilight, when in reality... I'm talking about Dracula's Daughter and Fright Night and Let the Right One In. Because Let the Right One In came out the same year as as Twilight. Um, It's the same thing as when I said, like, I like zombie movies. I'm like, oh, my God, have you seen The Walking Dead? And I was like, dude, I tapped out on that show. I fucking couldn't take it anymore. It was was emotional torture. And, like, a few years after Twilight came out, they did a re-release of the movie Near Dark, which I love. It's Catherine Bigelow's movie. It is a very bleak vampire western. It's amazing, but, oh, this cover. They redid a cover <laughs> to sell a Blu-ray. It's clearly trying to trick the Twihards where it looks like a Twilight movie. And it is atrocious. I like, love it. It's incredible. I can't imagine how many people were bamboozled because like the first part of Near Dark, it's like, oh, that's a sweet romance. And then it is suddenly gruesome. And Bill Paxton is killing everybody. Bill Paxton's so fucking cool in that movie. He's so fucking cool. Severin's the coolest vampire ever. <laughs> like, oh my God, I love him so much. <laughs> yeah, like no offense to like Lost Boys and even Fright Night, which are, you know, two movies that I love dearly. Severin is the coolest vampire. Like I, no one can compete. I don't know. The, the only other contenders I could throw in there are like Blade... And and Duke, yeah, they're they're both cool. Duke is though like Duke comes after Severin and is taking homage from Severin. Fucking Bill Paxton's kid is I'm, in bit I'm paying not, homage to him. I'm not talking about like well who did it first. I'm talking about who did it better. Yeah, Severin is that that is the peak, and everything is in reference to him. Therefore, he wins. I don't I don't know, man. Blades Blades Blade. Blade is fucking tight. That okay. is true. But Blade's <laughs> also like Marvel and like comic book like. Th- Catherine Bigelow just like kind of made several like I this is not a we're getting a into, near, a, diff- we're getting into a, n- a different thing but also I'm not saying I like that they're cooler than Bill Paxton I'm just saying that they are equally as cool <laughs> yes they are equally as cool but Near Dark is not Twilight no and the fact that they gave it Twilight art is hilarious oh it's so funny because that absolutely means that teenage girls were like why are they suddenly killing every there's so much blood why is this child on fire why is it not just 90 minutes of exposition <laughs> yeah so with all of that said I, I do have to say 
I really, I, I don't like the Twilight books. I think they're really poorly written. I don't like a lot of the messaging that Stephanie Meyer is, is putting out there. I don't particularly like these movies, mm-hmm. but I do think that they're very important. I do think they are absolutely worth a discussion. Um, I think that they are a perfect time capsule of 2008, and I think that they are also a perfect time capsule of a lot of very real criticisms that kind of are responsible for why this podcast exists. And I think we won't do any of the other movies. (laughs) Probably not. Maybe that'll be our next Patreon stretch goal is that we continue the Twilight franchise. (sighs) I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of our, our Twilight feels out in this episode, but we'll see. I think so. And in all honesty, I have a feeling that this is going to be an episode that's going to be a bit more about the culture of Twilight and less about the literal movie, because we don't need to dissect this literal movie that much, um, because this movie could look entirely different. It could have been directed entirely differently. It could have been cast entirely differently. It still would have been successful because the the thing that people were going for was less the movie and more just they love this story. They love this world and they're going to buy into it no matter what. This thing exists. Exactly. It's been brought to life from the, the words on the page and that's enough yes. to sell people. Exactly. And now, is it enough to get them to come back to the theater a second time? Well, that's different. Right. right it right. was. But regardless. And yeah, and we'll we'll definitely get into into all of that. So Harmony, can you set the stage and let me know what what are we dealing with right about now in 2008? So this is not our first visit to 2008. We've spent a little time here with Angus Thong's Imperfect Snogging, as well as Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Mm-hmm. But if you were to look at other teen releases from this year, which I pointed out, At the very least, when I did Nick and Nora, and I believe also when we did Angus, I think we were doing it back then, it's a grab bag of a a time for for teen films. Mm -hmm. Um, We've entered into like sort of, we're we're, we're starting to really pick up steam on like the blockbuster franchise. Twilight is is really what sets it off from, here's Harry Potter, it was successful, to now there's Twilight and Hunger Games and Divergent and all of these other book to movie franchises. Because the very important thing to keep in mind is that Harry Potter was a worldwide phenomenon for a wide variety of ages. Mm -hmm. There were children who loved these books and there were adults who loved these books. There were boys, girls, gender nonconforming folk, tons of people who loved Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Twilight, while obviously does have its fans from other demographics, is overwhelmingly teen girls. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly. Like, and like 95 yes. plus and like, percent. And like obviously, mo- like there's the Twilight moms that were really big on it. There were lots of like gay men who were super into Twilight. But we we have to focus on the fact that this is a teen girl property. And because it is a teen girl property, that has influenced a lot of how this movie was made mm-hmm. and a lot of how this franchise was treated. So keep that in the back of your mind as you're thinking about like, oh, yeah, The Hunger Games, also a movie with a teen girl protagonist. Mm-hmm. The Divergent series, mm-hmm. also a movie with teen girl protagonist. These things would not have existed had Twilight not exploded because Twilight proved there is power in the teen girl dollar. Mm-hmm. So as far as looking at teen movies go, I mean, there's not too, too much to unpack. But 
I think that also looking forward, you see the popularization of the um, the monstrous romance mm-hmm. because of Twilight. You have things that are a lot more obvious, like like warm bodies or life after Beth, or if you want mm-hmm. to take a little more of a prestigious look, uh, Shape of Water. Right. Or even I would argue um, Jennifer's body fits this mold. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's moving forward. But what happens at the same time? What is happening before twilight and does it have any impact um i mean there's hellboy one and two that's not really for girls but it, it does fit the mold you have fido which i know you're a big fan i of. love fido and but fido's a movie that did not get seen by a lot of people no this is my put my psa if you have the chance to see fido please watch it yeah but more importantly i think this is what rolls out the red carpet for twilight it's all these fucking spooky emo kids. Mm-hmm. It, it's all these hot topic kids. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much the blueprint for what Twilight is, is Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. who is now having a resurgence because of hot topic. Every Tim Burton property, um, Jack and Sally, all of these romantic, dark stories that are very palatable and clearly meant for younger audiences are very, very popular. Like, even just thinking about, like, Gerard Way, who is... During the Black Parade era, very much like a spooky vampire type. He's playing a dead marching band guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he aesthetically fits the Edward Cullen type. And that's why I think that Twilight is such a great time capsule. Because without the emo movement, without the scene kid movement, because that's, a, you know, it's a form of counterculture mm-hmm. that then became mainstream because of things like Hot Topic. Mm-hmm. So then being interested in things that were a little bit spooky or a little bit weird were totally normal. And that allowed something like Twilight to thrive mm-hmm. and have such crossover appeal. Yes. And I don't know if this was intentional, but most of the most popular Emo bands and scene kids and pop punk even, they wrote love songs about girls. Yeah, yeah, they did. And they're also men in their 20s, sometimes in their 30s, whose primary demographic are like 15-year-old girls. Mm-hmm, and, which is, you know. <laughs> and Edward is 108 years old. Mm-hmm. So those parallels are a lot stronger than they had intended. <laughs> yeah, there's a... We will absolutely talk about, about that section. But what I want to do now... Yeah. Is... I would like <laughs> what I would like to do now is read the Fandango synopsis. Uh-huh. Our friend Dango this week, I think, may have been a twihard. Because sure. unlike something like 16 Candles, where we only got a sentence, I have a small novel here in which to describe Twilight. Okay. Twilight is an action-packed, modern-day love story between a teen girl and a vampire. Bella Swan, Kristen Stewart, has always been a bit different, never fitting in with the girls at school. When Bella is sent to live with her father in the rainy little town of Forks, Washington, she doesn't expect much to change. Then, she meets the mysterious and dazzlingly beautiful Edward Cullen, Robert Pattinson, a boy unlike any she's ever met. Edward is a vampire, but he doesn't have fangs, and his family is unique in that they choose not to drink human blood. Edward has been waiting 90 years for a soulmate, which he finds in Bella. They are soon swept up in a passionate and unorthodox romance, 
Edward must struggle to resist the primal pull of her scent, which could send him into an uncontrollable frenzy. But what will they do when a clan of new vampires come to town and threaten to disrupt their way of life? I really wish, maybe I'll edit it in post, but I just want that music to start playing from like the Academy Awards where it's like, okay, fucking wrap it up. We have shit to do. <laughs> yeah, whoever wrote that synopsis, I think really liked Twilight. Uh, one, they said it was action packed. Girl, please, no. You, you got maybe 20 minutes of action in Twilight this Twilight is many things. It is not action packed. Like, I'm, I'm going to be. is subjective. I'm going to be a bit kinder to this property, but I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We're, they were really trying to sell you on Twilight. Yes, yes, and yes, they were. They did a much better job than most people do. Yeah, like, can we, can we just do a lightning round and address all of the things people make fun of about Twilight and just get them out in the open and then talk about the things that are more sell worthy? Yeah, I think so. Let's... Okay, cool. Edward's 108. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird that he's attracted to a teenager. Yep, got it. Yeah, cool. Great. Um, he's sparkly and vampires have weird rules. In this thing, and haha, vampires gay. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about the sparkling vampire thing. One, it is super problematic in that um, everybody was like, Edward made vampires gay. Joke's on you, motherfucker. Vampires have always been gay. Um, but the whole sparkly thing, it fell under like the metrosexual umbrella. There was a lot of things that people were p- poking fun at. And then when it comes to like, well, vampires have a mythos, vampires have this, blah, 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 blah. There is a very famous quote from another problematic person, Mr. John Landis. Um, but he was talking about like, well, what is a werewolf? What is What are the rules of being a werewolf? And somebody was like, oh, well, it's this and it's that and it's whatever and you have to do this. And his response to that was, they're not real. So the mm-hmm. rules aren't real either. And it's like, you know what? That's a really, really good point. So yes, while we do have an accepted idea of like what makes a vampire, it is also very stupid to get hung up on like these very arbitrary rules. Um, I am very guilty of doing that myself. I was very angsty about the the whole twilight sparkling in the sunlight thing mm-hmm. because i was thinking in vampire mode you can't think in vampire mode with this book you have mm-hmm. to think in romance b- novel mode that mm-hmm. you have to be thinking of fabio on the cover mode that's the world we're playing in we're not in Anne rice we're in fabio there's mm-hmm. a difference how did you get in here the window do you do that a lot um. Just the past couple of months. I like watching you sleep. It's, um, it's kind of fascinating to me. I do think it's really interesting to bring up the argument of like, oh, he's gay because he sparkles. Because this actually is probably the period of time where vampires were the most hetero they've ever been in pop culture. Absolutely they were. So like 30 Days of Night, very hetero. Blade? Oh, Wesley Snipes was not going to be anything other than the manliest man imaginable. Like even something like, I don't, I don't know, what's more deep cut? Um, Blood Rain. Blood Rain is not gay. Blood, Blood Rain is the male gaze. Yeah. Like, to the oomph degree. I also like how you're like, Wesley Snipes was going to be the manliest man possible when, like, a couple of years before he did Tu Wong Fu and drag for an entire movie. But Yeah, 
It's yeah. awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, he, he is not going to let Blade, who is... I, I want to believe that that's Wesley Snipes just in general. That's I just feel, who he yeah, is. Yeah, that's like probably his closest character. Exactly. So like, I, he's, he's not going to let him, the man, come across as anything other than the fucking baddest dude. <laughs> yeah, vampires at this point were super, super like aggressive and scary because mm-hmm. we were kind of in the same realm with zombies because of 28 Days Later and now yeah. we have like terrifying fast zombies. Yeah. Vampires kind of had to follow suit. We're, we're long yeah. removed from interview with a vampire yes yes yeah um but yeah no there's no such thing as a heterosexual vampire i've said this numerous times before that is an entirely other podcast that we can get into on a later date but yeah the the whole like edward's gay let's let's be real it was not edward's gay it was edward's a fag mm-hmm. it, we were in 2008 yeah. that is the language that was being used at that time and it was really offensive yeah and that is a huge part of why there was so much hate for this. It's not just misogyny. It's also homophobia, and we have to call it out for what it is. Correct. But other people who did not like Twilight and did not read Twilight or didn't even skim Twilight like me, they got they got these little things. They got a little bug in their butt, a little, a little voice in their ear of being like, he watches her sleep. That's weird. And I'm like, it's actually not that weird in the movie. It's weird in the book. Okay. Probably. It's, it's definitely weird. The... The boundaries that exist between Bella and Edward, first off, they, they don't exist. There are no boundaries. Okay. Um, and that's a problem. And I will get into the very specific, like, Stephanie Meyer of it all because I have a lot of issues with the romance because it does put really uncomfortable ideas of what is normal or mm-hmm. what you should be aspiring to have in a relationship mm-hmm. because there absolutely were like 13, 14 year old girls who read this book and they were like, oh, he watches her while she sleeps to make sure she's safe. That's so sweet. Unless you were in a hospital bed and he is your approved visitor or unless you live together. No, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. I know. Especially because he's doing it without her consent. I agree. I'm just saying that like that was one of those bugs that they were just like, I'm going to keep picking at this because I've got I don't know much about this. And I've heard that this is a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, like the other one where it's like the guy served in the Confederacy who's not even Edward. Yeah. Jasper served in the Confederacy, which also like. Doesn't even come up in this movie. It doesn't really come up in this movie. It's part of his backstory. And it does always make me laugh, though, because a lot of the people who would make that sticking point were usually other horror fans. And like Lance Henriksen as Hooker in uh, Near Dark also fought for the confederacy granted he's a bad guy and his he is shown as being a bad guy from mm-hmm. the get-go um but, but hey, maybe that cover makes a little more sense now <laughs> right um <laughs> so that was always like a really funny sticking point to me i'm like yeah no that's absolutely something that we should be addressing because that's not cool and louis from interview with a vampire also owns slaves like mm-hmm. there's a lot of issues when you start dealing with like white vampires who have been around for hundreds of years a lot of them were bad people. I've seen Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Thank you. You understand. Yeah. There's a lot of bad people. I rewatched that movie recently. It's still pretty fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, like, well, yes, absolutely. We should be making this criticism that, like, we should not be presenting this, like, Civil War, you know, fought for the South Confederate soldier as being, like, a good person or, like, mm-hmm. someone we should root for because he's a part of the family. Like, eh, maybe he changed that. Right. Like, we shouldn't, <laughs> we definitely should not be having those feelings about this character. But also, if that's going to be your sticking point, address it in the other vampire movies that I know you do like. Correct. Yeah. See, like, it, the, there are so many things that are, that people are like, oh, well, Kristen Stewart can't act. And I'm like, here's the thing. 
Let, let's get let's get the acting elephant out of the room. Anybody who says Kristen Stewart can't act has never actually watched a Kristen Stewart movie. That's my opinion. Yeah, same thing with Robert Pattinson with Correct. everyone being like, oh, Batman? You mean the sparkly vampire? He can't be Batman. And it's like, hey, I don't know, fucking let people grow up and have other roles other than things they did when they were literal teenagers. Yes, and the two of them are not shy from shitting all over Twilight. They did it in the, like, commentary from the DVD release. They were shitting on it from day one. Yes. And the thing that I thought had in my mind as I'm rewatching this movie, and you said it out loud, I went, yep, that's precisely it. Where you go, I watched this movie the way that I watched The Happening. Mm-hmm. And I went, yep, it's just as awkward, and people are just as, like, not on board with it. They're just less obvious about it. Right. So, yeah, Kristen Stewart spends 90% of the movie going, Ugh. And, like, blinking too much and kind of shuddering and falling down. And that's kind of, like, the Bella Swan tropes. Like, Mm -hmm. that's her shtick. But that's not her as an actor. She's doing exactly what she was told to do. She's doing exactly what that character called for. Yeah. Absolutely. Same same thing with Robert Pattinson. Yes. Like, they're doing what they were asked to do. And they're doing it quite well. Yeah, it's not their fault that the material's bad. Yeah, this is what Stephanie Meyer wrote. I don't know what you wanted. This is what she wanted. Like, Bella Swan is described, like, a hundred times as being plain and being awkward. Like, she clearly has super, super low self-esteem. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this on other episodes, the, just the Bella Swan archetype and, like, what that character is that character is a shell they are yeah they're a husk she is nondescript as humanly possible she has low self-esteem there's nothing super special about her because then that way there's no identifying aspects of her personality or her appearance that make anyone else go oh well i can't relate to that because if your character trait is i feel bad about myself and sometimes i don't know what to say and i don't really feel comfortable in my skin congratulations you are speaking directly to the soul of literally every teenager in existence except maybe the queen bee at school Mm -hmm. so like she's what did you want from her like that's what she's here to do yeah so i mean there's a lot of other nitpicky kind of things that people who want to shit on twilight and have been continuing to do for like t- over 12 years yeah, now. Yeah, go outside. Like, there get, are so many other movies that are way worse than like, this. Like, get new material, guys. Like, Vampire Sucks. Like, that came out forever ago, and they it was mm-hmm. old then. So... Yeah, the, hating on Twilight is the cinematic equivalent of people that are like, Nickelback's really bad. I'm like, congrats, you're old. We're Nickelback like, we got it. Okay, anymore. go outside. Like, Thanks. imagine... His, his, shitting on Imagine Dragons isn't even relevant anymore. Get new shtick. Right. So, all of that said... Let's move on to less spicy things where we're just sitting here, like, pulling on our hair going, like, what the fuck? <laughs> because, like, I don't even like talking about this thing, and I don't necessarily disagree with some of these some of these criticisms. Yeah, that's the thing. All of the criticisms that people make are valid. The issue that I have is the amount of people who make said criticisms that are coming from a very malicious place, yes. and they are hiding what's really going on. Yeah. Just say that you think teen girl media is stupid, and just say it. Just say it. Don't try to justify it by being like, uh, well, actually, I think it's just really problematic. No, you don't. It's the same type of argument when people are like, um, I, it's cool. I have no problem with fat people, but like, I'm really worried about your health. No, you're fucking not. I see right through you. I'm worried about your back. Well, yeah, my back is really bad. My boobies yeah. are heavy. And big old titties. We need to get those <laughs> taken care of. I worry about your health. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like the amount of people that try to hide what they're actually feeling about Mm -hmm. twilight 
is ridiculous because they say it as if we can't see what they're doing. Use your words. Use your Take words. Take ownership of your words. Say it with your whole chest. Yeah. That's my feeling. Say it with BJ's big ass chest. Say it with my big ass <laughs> chest. Or don't say it at all because yeah. otherwise it's just very disingenuous. The one thing that I will give 18-year-old me mm-hmm. is that when I was having all of my issues with Twilight and I, you know, had my column hating on it, I could at least back up everything that I didn't like. Yeah. If I was talking about like a, a theme that I thought was really bad or a particular moment of writing or whatever, I would cite the pages. Mm-hmm. I would take the screenshots from the movie. I backed up what I was saying. I didn't just spew blanket hatred mm-hmm. the way so many people who hate on Twilight did. Well, yes, because they had no material. Right. I, I hate this because someone else hates this because girls like it and because I've heard these bad things but have never experienced them. Yes. Yes. And that is why I was genuinely excited to have this conversation because I think it is so important that we talk culturally about what Twilight meant. So like I I really honestly I don't want to waste time talking about the actual movie cuz everything that we're going to say has been said 100 million times before. Oh, blue filter. Yeah, we know. Have you seen what the pictures look like without the blue filter? It's weird. It looks very weird. It looks like not even Riverdale. It looks so off. I don't like it. Like the blue filter actually is kind of wonderful and I'm glad that it exists. I, I, It's a choice. I think it's not the worst choice. Yeah, it's not the worst choice. I just don't care for it. <laughs> it's it's iconic in terms of like you, you see that filter and people are like, oh, it looks like Twilight. Like yeah. your brain makes that connection now. Yeah. So I'm not going to hate on it for that. I understand that. I, I understand that the movie's too long. Yes, it is too long. We, too we know long. this. The, the CGI of him climbing trees looks ridiculous. Oh, God. He, it really does. The way does. he scurries is hilarious. It's so funny. And it's so, it's like some of the lines are so cheesy, like... The spider monkey line is ridiculous. Like the the stuff that Jacob says, a new moon is ridiculous. Like we know all these things. This mm-hmm. is not new. The fact that they have, you know, the <laughs> the fan blow on her and then his reaction to her smell looks like he's going to vomit. Like mm-hmm. I, we know, we know. You're impossibly fast and strong. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. Your eyes change color. And sometimes you speak like, like you're from a different time. You never eat or drink anything. You don't go out in the sunlight. How old are you? 17. How long have you been 17? A while. So what, one thing that I do want to ask you as far as like actually discussing the movie and how it's made, can we talk about the director for a sec? Catherine Hardwick? Yes, we can. Um, I know you have a lot of feelings about how this movie, um, how, how, how her career was shaped by this movie. I do have a lot of feelings about this. So for those who do not know, Catherine Hardwick directed the film 13 that will absolutely be a movie that we cover at some point, as well as Lords of Dogtown. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hardwick was chosen to direct this movie because nobody thought that it was going to be successful. The 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 company that put this out, uh, Summit, uh, they hired her. They th- pretty much were like, yep, it's a teen girl YA movie. We're going to get a lady director. We'll let her in here. It wasn't until opening weekend 
that people went, oh, fuck, this is going to make us millionaires Mm -hmm. because that's when you start seeing like the box office totals of like you know pre-sale tickets and all of that lined up around the block women lined up around the fucking block people bringing signs dressing up in costumes people with tattoos like they did not think that this movie was going to be huge Mm -hmm. until it was released and then the movie was humongous it made a fuck ton of money 300 400 million dollars just just a ton. like an obscene amount not even of money. counting merchandise and like physical releases of the film right like an obscene amount of money and what did they do they kicked her off for the next one and every single subsequent twilight movie is directed by a white man and i have so many issues with that mm-hmm. because they took a teen property a teen girl property that was made successful by a woman director and then said nope you're not allowed to have this anymore because these make money now. We need men in this job. Mm-hmm. And that makes me want to set a building on fire. Yeah, like, not a fan of that. It does not matter. Like, I could hate Twilight more than any movie on the planet, and that would still be an egregious act of injustice mm-hmm. that I'm going to complain about because it's obscene. It's so offensive. And yeah. they took away so many of like her staples that made Twilight like this iconic look that it is. Tessa Violet made a music video last year that is a parody of the baseball scene. Mm-hmm. Like there is an entire generation of people where that movie is like everything to them. Like that was their big rom-com. And then they took her off the project. They took away all of her filters and a lot of her style. And like, yeah, sure, the rest of the Twilight movies, they're silly and they, they are what like they Twilight. are. They look like Twilight. I guess. But they don't have like that same just oomph that the first one has. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating because then they start looking like studio movies. They don't look like Twilight to me. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And that leads actually to a different question. Um, so, so yes, I agree that that is fundamentally like really fucked up and she did not deserve that. I have not seen any of her other movies, I believe. I don't think you have either. I think you're really going to like 13, but okay. that's another episode for another day. I'm excited about that. Uh, that said, I have a question for you. Yes. So I do not like how this movie is shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's just how this movie's made. Maybe it's how her all of her movies are. But like, there's a lot of really close, tight shots on people's faces. The camera's constantly moving. There's dramatic zooms where they don't need to be. Um, when you get to the action sequences, basically from vampire baseball all the way until Bella wakes up in a hospital bed, it it is just an assault visually. <laughs> Too many cuts, weird camera choices, just... It, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah, this movie is really chaotic. Um, I don't think that it is quite as well directed as some of her other stuff is. I mean, you gotta walk before you can run. Right. Um, I think that Twilight fundamentally as a film um, is very reminiscent of 2008. It, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in that that looks very much like a music video. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, as far as like the cuts are concerned and like the weird angles. Um, it feels like 2008. Like everything about this movie feels to me like 2008. So I have to kind of hold multiple truths in that. Is this my favorite style? No. Does this mean that it looks really clunky in a lot of places? Yes. Do I think like the weird random like flashbacks that are not flashbacks uh, when Bella's on the phone with James and he's like, you need to meet me at the ballet thing. And then it like flashes to like her mom walking out a door. Is that necessary? No. None of that needs to be there. flashbacks to them laying in snow and they never laid in snow. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like it's not necessary. It doesn't need to be there. 
Um, but I also, at the same time, when it comes to a movie like this, I have no idea how much due to interference was. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how much there were producers that were like, we need to get this because I don't think kids are going to understand it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. So, um, so I, I take a lot of direct, I take a lot of directing with women, if I'm going to mm-hmm. be totally honest, with a grain of salt because I know that they are scrutinized much more heavily by producers mm-hmm. than male directors. Definitely. So this leads to my question, which is obviously you and I don't really like the directing in this. We, we don't blame her for it necessarily at all for some of the oh, bizarre no. choices. It's of the time. But for a teen romance vampire movie specifically targeted towards girls. This is exactly what it's supposed to be. This is what it's supposed to look Absolutely, like, right? Absolutely, this is what it's supposed it, to look it's, like. It's... it's, it's it doesn't let you kind of chill out. It's constantly like, no, pay attention to weird things. No, pay attention. Dutch angle. Another Dutch angle. Well, yeah, because then it becomes art. Yeah, it's it's visually interesting to look at, even if it is chaos. Yeah. And I think that that works for a teenage mindset. I think it does, too. And, like, because I remember listening to people that I knew that really, really loved the movie that would say things like, oh my God, that shot when the camera like whips around and Edward's playing the piano and he's playing Bella's lullaby. It's so dreamy and so romantic. Out of context, I would agree with you. In context, that scene comes out of nowhere. Yeah. There's no motivation for it at yep. all. Yep. And that's, again, like your brain, you can't think about this movie as like a typical like movie you can't think about it as a vampire movie you can't think about it as like a typical movie you have to think about it as a fantasy Mm -hmm. because that's what this movie is it is a fantasy that's what you kept saying to me over and over again because you kept trying to add logic i was like bj i have so many questions and i'm getting you can't use how is a movie that is 90 percent exposition for like the first hour and a half have so many unanswered questions. <laughs> because there's four more movies. I don't understand and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and, th- and that's why we were having so much fun with it. Like uh, uh, To a point. To a point, obviously. But... We really peaked with Vampire Baseball, which I don't even know if I enjoyed it. But like, I checked out after that point. Well, the best part is because as Vampire Baseball is starting, I start giggling because it is my favorite scene because it's mm-hmm. hilarious. And you were like looking at me like, why do you laugh? And I was like, because they're going to play vampire baseball. It's about to rain. And you're like, why do they have to wait until it rains? And I'm like, you'll find out. And then it happens and she hits it with the thunder. And the look on your face where you're like, I cannot believe they just fucking did that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they did. They did that dumb shit. Oh, and then it cuts a ton. And there's this weird, like, the, the high kick pitch doesn't bother me. It's the extremely limp-wristed Oh, it's toss. Ashley Green's limp-wristed oh, Mind you, I hate her wigs so much in this movie. It's, I love her it's wig. It's atrocious. And then we have to have, like, the bad vampires who are walking on, like, the moving platform of like an airport, they're walking on a thing that's pulling them. So they look yes. like they're ice skating yes. and it looks terrible. They have to dramatically it. come out of the fog more than once. It's so funny. Huh. Oh my God. It's like it, that scene broke me. It's so funny. It broke me. Kellen wants his bad done. wig and just, just gliding through gravel and mulch. It's so oh good. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, so no, this movie is it's So yeah, you can't think about this movie. It was just like, man, just really smooth your brain out. Just just mm-hmm. just 
go into full like himbo bimbo. Don't don't even don't even try. Just head empty, no thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> that's that, that's the way you're supposed to enjoy this movie. But oh my, it, it, here's the thing. This is kind of the way I described it, which is like this movie is like a sonnet. This movie is not science. I don't care that they're doing stuff in biology. This movie is not science. This movie no. is a feeling, mm-hmm. and either you feel it or you don't. <laughs> you can't explain it. You can't do tests to figure it out. You can't recreate these results to see whatever, because that's insanity. It's a feeling. How did you know where I was? I didn't. All right. What? Don't leave. Did you follow me? I, I feel very protective of you. So you followed me? I was trying to keep a distance unless you needed my help, and then I heard what those lowlifes were thinking. Wait. (laughs) You say you heard what they were thinking? (sighs) So what, you... You read minds. (gasps) I can read every mind in this room, apart from yours. I'm really glad that you brought up like you can't try to figure this out. It's a feeling because I have found, in my opinion, what might be the holy grail of why Twilight was so popular. Okay, because I I do kind of want to know, like I tried to Google it for context, like what made Twilight so popular? It was just a bunch of people with bad op-eds. Yeah, it's a bunch of like medium articles being like, it meant a lot to me when I was 12. And it's like, okay, but that's a personal opinion. I like, read a really we're... bad one that was like, it's kind of like the romance between Tarzan and Jane. And I'm like, it's that's not. not true. That is not no, even that's close not true, to but correct. Thank you for playing. I'm like, if anything, that's cl- like King Kong is closer than Tarzan and Jane. And he's still a, like a monkey versus a monkey man. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> People need to know that uh, frequently... Harmony and I use our our Facebook chat as a way to share links to one another. Yeah, it's just like, hey, I want this saved and I so I don't have to bookmark it or whatever. Exactly. So we do that way or if it's like I need to get something from my computer to my phone, vice versa. Like that's what we use it for. And I sent this link to Harmony the other day and I said, whatever you do, don't click on it. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason I didn't want you to click on it other than I didn't want you to know the context. Uh-huh. So this article I'm going to be reading is from a website called Decent Films. Uh, It's run by this person who's only known as SDG. Decent Films is film appreciation and criticism informed by the Christian faith. Oh, dear. Because I knew if you knew that ahead of time, you'd be like, I don't want to hear any of this because I hate all God. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. No, I'm just, I didn't think the Christians would have much to say about the vampires other than harsh criticisms. Stephanie Meyer is a Mormon. I know, but that's not Christian. It's not, but it's their cousins. Okay. Like, they're close. They're, sure. They fall under the same umbrella. Okay. So, I had been looking all over the internet for, like, why was this so popular? Why was this so popular? And just like you, all I got was a lot of opinion pieces and a lot of, like, weird theories that people were making, but none of them really stuck. This article is the first one that made me go, huh, oh shit, I think I get it now. So this article is called Twilight Appeal, The Cult of Edward Cullen in Vampire Love in Stephanie Meyer's Novels and the New Film, 
This was written in 2008. So this is right when the movie came out. So this is a time capsule. Yes. What a cultural artifact. For a critic, the Twilight phenomenon is a little like the Da Vinci Code crossed with James Cameron's Titanic, an Um. ordinary critique of Stephanie Meyer's wildly popular gothic teen romances of vampire love, the first of which is now a monster hit from director Catherine Hardwick, is a little like shooting fish in a barrel and just about as pointless. Yeah. So already they're yeah. like, yeah, trying to figure out why this works is kind of pointless. Why would I shoot fish in a barrel other than because I can? Not only are critics' efforts irrelevant to the massive and often obsessive, obsessive Twilight Disorder is the self-diagnosis of many devotees, almost entirely female fan base, the elephant in the room remains to be addressed. Whatever else it may do well or badly, what is it that this story does so well for legions of devoted young fans, not to mention their equally wrapped mothers, some of whom appear to be driven to distraction by Meyer's fantasy life? So they're like, yeah, look, it also doesn't matter what any of us have to say about this because they don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. So why are we wasting our time trying to do that? I am so glad someone finally said that because, yeah, why does why do you care? Like, Because I do a show. Well, I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> so they go on to say that like a common comparison people make is that it feels like a flipped version of Jack and Rose in Titanic. And that like while Rose is like rich and whatever, she's like feels very stifled with her life. She feels kind of invisible. And her life only has meaning when she gets this like young, exciting, like dangerous kind of guy. And like that changes everything for her. And then Twilight's kind of the inverse to where like, yeah, Bella doesn't have like all the riches and the cool, fancy half glass house that the Cullen family does. But like she has this very exciting partner and like that makes her feel fulfilled and makes her feel less invisible. So like I I see that, but I think like that's a little bit too simple, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that's going deep enough. I mean, if it was that simple, we would have a lot of franchises this successful. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So they say, yet where Rose's liberation in Titanic evolved the repudiation of the bourgeois values and hypocrisy presented by her family and fiance, culminating in the freedom of illicit sex, Twilight has been wildly claimed to resonate with conservative values. Rather than pitting noble vampires against mainstream society, Twilight is sympathetic to human characters, including the heroine's family and friends at school. Even the vampire's longstanding enemies, a pack of Native American werewolves, are positively depicted. They do make an author's note that, like, positively in the sense of, like, the story and that, like, they're not seen as, like, these awful people— but it's not great representation in terms of, like, this is an actual tribe and they're saying, like, oh, you're also werewolves. And, like, that's problematic okay. shit. Gotcha. Um, so they're like, that's... And that, also that's terrible wigs. Oh, God, such bad wigs. But above all, the dashing vampire Edward Cullen's abstinence from human blood and his protracted struggle to resist his desire for the blood of his human beloved Bella Swan has prompted many to describe Twilight some approvingly, others with consternation, as a pro-chastity romance. Reinforcing the point, Meyer, a Mormon housewife and mother of three, has Edward and Bella wait until the fourth volume to get married, and only then do they have sex. Meyer's vampires can do that, though they apparently don't ordinarily reproduce that way. Edward belongs to a human abstinent vampire clan who call themselves vegetarians, meaning they subsist on animal blood rather than human. It's a physically sustaining diet to vampires, but thin gruel. 
Edward compares it to a human living on tofu, but it's pretty clear that this manifest discomfort around Bella when they first meet in biology class has less to do with the thematically vegan meat lust than with the effort of a chaste adolescent boy to tear his eyes away from his pretty lab partner's neckline and think about something, anything, other than how much more biological he would like to be with her at that moment. So I'm going to pause there. I'll come back to this. This is when it started to click with me and make so much sense as to why this was so popular, because it is absolutely a chastity romance. And a lot of 13 and 14 year old girls, while I am very pro-sex and I was a big slut when I was in high school (laughs) and I own that, I was an out, I'm an outlier and I understand that. Mm -hmm. For a 13 or 14 year old girl to have an entire book series where they wait until they get married to have sex, no fucking wonder this this exploded in popularity. Christian movies end up on the top 10 list of Netflix every single week. There is such an untapped market for this entire base because nobody wants to make movies or books that cater to like the religious right because they tend to be very boring and like very isolating. Oh yeah, we did walk to remember. Yeah, thank you. Yes, you understand. We just did it. Stephanie Meyer like tricked a bunch of people into like falling for like a Mormon love trap. And it's like, oh God, yes, it's all right there. How did we miss all of this? And I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this that studied Twilight earlier because they weren't as angry as I was at the time that were like, uh, yeah, this is not new. Like I knew that she was Mormon, but it wasn't until I read this article that I was like, oh yeah, no, this is about like, it all res- it's resisting temptation and like being a better person for doing so. Like this is backwards cap sitting on the back of a chair youth pastor all day that's what this is yeah uh that's the thing i kind of commented on where it's like okay cool so he's clearly extremely horny but he's not horny in like the literal sense because we're being you know tasteful i guess so instead he's horny for killing her Mm-hmm. It's like this carnal, animalistic lust. Mm-hmm. And the way I describe it is like, wait, is Twilight, despite being extremely horny, like gr- gruelingly t- chaste? Yeah. So then, okay. So then this writer goes on to talk about like the way that Edward is constantly described. And it's like at least one aspect of Edward's physicality would seem to compromise his seductive powers the coldness and hardness of his unliving flesh. In an oft-derided detail, it turns out that Meyer's vampires are not only rock hard, but glitter like diamonds and sunlight, which is the real reason they avoid it. Yet, it is Edward's beauty, perfection, and desirability that Twilight emphasizes above all. A typical much-quoted sample is, he lay perfectly still in the grass, his shirt open, his sculpted, incandescent chest, his scintillating arms bare, his glistening, pale, lavender lids were shut, though of course he didn't sleep, a perfect statue carved in some unknown stone, smooth like marble, glittering like crystal." Chastity is a precious thing, and the struggle to be chaste is both an inevitable part of a moral life and a legitimate subject for narrative art. In part, this quest for chastity may legitimately form part of Twilight's appeal. At the same time, a narrative that wallows in the intoxicating power of temptation and desire that returns again and again to rhapsodizing about the beauty of forbidden fruit may reasonably be felt to a hindrance rather than an affirmation of self-mastery." And it was like, it was then that like the sky opened up and I was like, that is exactly why this is so popular. It is 
this is a whole series about yearning. That's what's happening here. <laughs> you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's one thing that really doesn't click with me where I'm just sitting there going, but why? Right. You're not why? one to yearn. You just take. <laughs> I, that makes it sound very aggressive and really, self-centered. It does. Um, but like, yeah, you're not a person that like lets yourself lust after me. You'll just be like, hey, you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. Let's th- do that's it. That's because I take ownership of my words. And yes. I'm, I'm very candid. I'm not sitting there going and yearning. I'm not sitting there. Like the girls I had crushes on school, I didn't. Like, the girls I had crushes on in school, I didn't even think, like, oh, my God, I'm going to masturbate thinking about I'm like, that feels rude. Right. So, like, I completely removed, like, yearning and lusting over people in, like, any sense of reality from my brain because it just felt wrong in a way that I didn't like. Right. Whereas, what do, what do we see with so many teen girls, like, different movies, like... Oh my God, one day I'm gonna be Mrs. Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. They play, we play games like MASH, a game I still haven't fully explained to you. And yeah, I the, said that I was going to after Yellow Jackets and thanks. forgot, and I'm sorry. Appreciate it. But like, we play games like MASH. We, we, we talk with Ouija boards about like who's gonna ask us to the prom. So much about like teen girl experiences about yearning. And it's just like, oh my God, this is a, this is a book series about yearning because mm-hmm. it takes forever for them to get together. That's why there were the Team Edward, Team Jacob wars because she didn't pick. Like, it took forever for her to pick. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I knew all of these factors and they were all right in front of me. But I needed somebody who specifically looks at movies through a religious lens to slap me in the face with it to go, oh. I'm the world's most dangerous predator. Everything about me invites you in. My voice, my face, even my smell. As if I wouldn't need any of that. As if you could outrun me! As if you could fight me off. I'm designed to kill. I don't care. I've killed people before. It does not matter. I wanted to kill you. I've never wanted a human's blood so much in my life. I trust you. Don't. Okay, uh, I I can't like spiritually or emotionally understand <laughs> that on a personal level. But let 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 me ask you a question. Um, I had a girl when I was like 15, 16 years old, um, stalk me across like six different websites because she said I looked like Slash, and that meant me man, and that meant I was the hottest boy she'd ever seen, and would just send me really inappropriate shit all the time, and would like bully my friends on like deviant art for talking to me because like how fucking dare they i'm her man yeah so here's the thing um is, is sometimes, that kind of what this is like yeah that's like the deep end version of what i'm talking about that's okay. like when they've lost control of reality and now they're in like danger territory where we're now stacy from wayne's world like that's that's what's happening here yeah. is she crossed the threshold she uh <laughs> 
she girl boss blue balled too close to the sun there for a second um yeah of course there are people who took it a little too far there is a photo that shows up every august that i share in my social media i will do it again this year of the girl named emily that lived on my my dorm floor in college who meticulously measured and cut out individual rectangles and squared images from the twilight franchise like all of the movies and decorated her door it was a piece of art it, it, like it was like a Monet from like very far away. It was like, oh, that's kind of a cool pattern. And then the closer you got, you were like, oh my God, every photo's Twilight. I think about Emily all the time because I want to know, like, do you still feel this way? Are you listening right now? If you are, I think you're great. And I, I want to know how long it took you to figure out the the proportions to cut all these images out for your dorm door. Emily is one of uh, one of those women who's grown up and named her daughter Bella like way too many other girls. So many. Oh, Bella was such a popular name. Uh-huh. 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 So that like that's what I'm saying is like the it's it's this yearning, it's this expression of just like like wanting something so badly and like finding joy in that wanting, which is also just what the book is about. Like it is ultimately about that. And the the writer goes on to say, whatever the cause to be desired beyond all reason or control or even wantingly or destructively, is a powerful aphrodisiac, flattering both to pride and to self-doubt. Beyond the allure of forbidden fruit, there is the thrill of being someone else's forbidden fruit, of being desired in spite of it being wrong, or possibly even because it is wrong. It's one thing for an available person to attract another, but what an affirmation of one desirability and worth to be attracted and pursued by someone who is unavailable, or to be unavailable oneself, and yet to be pursued by others. Edward has sworn off human blood, yet he thirsts madly for Bella, and struggles not to give in. It is not unlike the effect of a handsome young priest smitten with a female parishioner, not a healthy sort of attachment to indulge, even in fantasy." Boom. Like, yes. Oh, so yes. It, it's the devils. <laughs> it's the devils. It's the devils. It's the horny crucible. Got yes, it. Yes, it's the horny crucible. It's all of the nuns losing their fucking minds and like masturbating with crucifixes because they've lost control. That's what's happening. <laughs> this is the teen version of Ken Russell's The Devils. Someone is going to fucking kill me for making that statement and I don't care. But, like, that's the closest comparison I could make. Like, that's what Twilight Mania is. And I get it. Like, I get it now. And I don't judge anybody who fell into it. And I know plenty of people who really, really loved Twilight when they were teens. And now they look back at it as adults and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I was super into it. I don't fully know. And that's the thing. is because when you're 13, 14 years old, you're not interrogating it this deeply. Mm -hmm. It's not that deep. You just like it. And you don't know why you like it. But you like it. And that's enough. Like... Who fucking interrogated why they really liked that boy they liked sophomore year of high school? He probably just had a good haircut. Like, nobody yeah. actually interrogated. Is he a good person? I don't remember. Like, I found this, like, letter that I wrote to my grandma from fifth grade where I was talking about, like, the boy who was the fifth grade rep. And I remember reading it, and I was like, oh, I typed that out because I wanted my grandma to know that, like, oh, I was hanging out with a boy. And then I look back at it, and I'm like... I don't think I knew anything about that boy. I just knew that he had like flippy hair and it was bleached in the front. He kind of had like that 2000s lesbian haircut. Okay. It explains a lot. Was he this also the same letter where you were like, Grandma, don't worry, I still like buffalo wings. And Beanie Babies? Yes, same letter. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think that's really what it comes down to is like, 
Twilight Mania hit and everybody wanted to know why, why, what's going on, why? And it's one of those things where like, I don't think it was that deep. I don't think it, I really don't think it was that deep at the time. And it's only been in hindsight that people are actually starting to interrogate like what they were actually into. And the takeaway is being like, I don't know, man. But like, <laughs> and that's cool. It makes sense now. Like I, I still am sitting here going, okay, all this makes sense and I believe you. But I still don't believe it's that simple. And I think so much of it is because, like, we obfuscated the fucking truth, which was that all these girls were like, oh, my God, Edward, or oh, my God, Jacob, he's so romantic, when the reality is, I'm horny. Yeah, because you don't want to, you can't say that. You're 14. You can't tell your mom that you're horny for a vampire. Yeah, see, like, I, we, we buried the lead, and it was so much more simple, but it was just like, there were, it was just a collective of girls that's like, we can't let them know the truth. <laughs> we can't let them know that this is what we're into. We can't let them know that we are just all, like, such lusty, horny little monsters. <laughs> Especially because this is also still the period where it's, like, slut-shaming things, so girls can't admit that they like sex. Uh-huh. So, like... I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I feel like I was lied to by every Twilight fan ever because they were all like, it's I don't, so I don't, romantic. I don't, don't want to lie about like the fact that I just thought he was hot. Yeah. Like I wanted him to ravage me and by ravage me, I mean, maybe kill me and turn me into a vampire. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's so much that it's just like the idea of being desired and being pursued. Like Bella is the shell character. People want to be desired. They want to feel sexy. They want people to be interested in them. That's a very normal human thing to want. And that's fine. And this is a book that allowed them to do that. And because it's for the most part sexless, they were able to kind of like trick their brain into being like, this isn't a sex thing for me. It's love. This is love. So so let, let me try and bring this back around. So I said that I did not, like, get that, – that I didn't, like, sexually think about girls that I had crushes on because it just felt disrespectful and rude. Um, the girls I did, like, do sex things with were girls who were into me because it was like, well, what's your type? My type was, oh, people who are interested in me. And then it's like, oh, oh, this is an option. It's become a reality. Now I have sexual things that I'd never considered before. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what we're getting at here? Is, it, yes. is this the line I can draw to my This is the line you brain? can draw because you suddenly were pursued. Got it. You were the lamb and they were the lion. Ew. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I had asked, a long day. You were asking for a through line. I gave you one. No. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> so, yes, I like... And obviously there are people that are going to be listening that are going to be like, no, that's not how it is. And I know plenty of people who love these movies just because they're like, no, they're bad and like they're fun to, to watch and they're silly. And that's also valid too. That's like, I, I doubt you're also thinking this big brain but, galaxy But we're just it. trying to unpack the Twilight craze as a whole. Yes. We're trying to hit like the, 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 the most common denominator. Yes. Okay. So before we, you know, wrap things up, there is another point that I really want to make. And I think Twilight's the perfect example for this. So as you said, when you saw Twilight on the bus, Mm -hmm. you watched it with a double feature with Transformers. Yep. Okay. And when I made my joke about the Happy Meal, um, I was being very serious about that. Uh Because a point that was made that I think is really important is that when we make something that's like kind of stupid and frivolous for girls, it ends up being something like Twilight. Sure. When we make something that's kind of stupid and frivolous for boys, it ends up being like Transformers. It gets Michael Bay money. It gets Michael Bay money, yes. It's, and it's less about money. 
but it's more about how we interpret those things. Dumb, stupid boy movies, like dumb, stupid, like macho movies are considered fun. Dumb, stupid girl movies are considered bad. And that to me is so emblematic of the way that we discount everything that is popular for women or for women or targeted towards women or just in general, anything that is remotely associated with femininity mm-hmm. is seen as bad. Yeah. Because if we're if we're really just down the line looking at Twilight and Transformers, both movies equally kind of stupid, both movies equally kind of frivolous, both movies equally really leaning into the gaze of their target audience. And they both made a fuck ton of money. They both made a fuck ton of money. But Twilight was so aggressively hated in a way that like, yeah, people shit on the Transformers movies all the time. They shit on Michael Bay all the time. But it did not come with like the frothing at the mouth hatred that something like Twilight did. And it's because Twilight is so unapologetically meant for women and made with women in mind. And like there's no answer to this question it's just something that I really want people to understand the way that we communicate about these movies. And that's why like Twilight is a movie that I will now go to bat for. Because like we said at the top, when people shit on this movie, 90% of the time, they're not shitting on Twilight. They're shitting on women. Mm-hmm. And that is super gross. And we really need to start calling it what it is. Yeah. And I agree. So I have a question now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a matter of um, genres as as a whole. Like, action movies can be for everyone. Like, there's lots of female fans of Marvel movies, which are just, you know, very cookie-cutter action films. Mm-hmm. Like, a, your dad can go and watch Transformers and not be embarrassed of it. Mm-hmm. But romance. Romance is for girls. Romance is for girls. Mm-hmm. And that that's really what it just comes down to is mm-hmm. the genre, mm-hmm. period. Especially because it is a genre. It, it's a genre within a genre for teen girls. And I think that one reason people hated it was because they loved it so rabidly. Like, oh, yeah. No, no one was sitting there going like, I'm going to decorate my whole room, the room with Transformers and I'm going to Transformers this and I'm going to Transformers that unless they're like seven. Like there weren't, <laughs> there weren't a lot of teens who were probably like that as opposed to like people like Emily where they live and breathe Twilight and they're going to put it in your face mm-hmm. and then people go, fuck you, I don't want to see this. Mm-hmm. It like Fuck you for having joy. It sparks so much anger. Like people hated the fact that women were so into something that had nothing for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing for them. But it's action-packed, BJ. And like, so because here's <laughs> here's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's action-packed. And here here's what I think is really interesting. Think about like superhero movies, right? Like, yeah, sure. Uh, there are plenty of women who like superhero movies. I like superhero movies. I think they're fun. Like, I, I get into it. Men try to gatekeep me. From mm-hmm. these things. They especially have tried to gatekeep me from horror my entire life. It is the male gatekeeping of horror is specifically why I hated Twilight so much because my proximity to Twilight like hurt my validity as a woman in horror. And like I was mad at the wrong thing. I should not have been mad at Twilight. I should have been mad at the men who were gatekeeping me out of my own industry. Mm-hmm. Like that is misdirected anger because I'm a teenager and I don't know any better. Yeah. And like that's a thing that I know now. 
men can't gatekeep women from Twilight. They have no power here. Mm-hmm. They have no control here. It's real unfortunate for them, huh? And I think that makes them fucking crazy. Like, yeah. I think it, like they don't understand, like, well, what do you mean? You, what do you mean you want to watch that movie? What do you mean you're going to buy that shirt? What do you mean? But I don't like that. How could they do this to vampires? How could they ruin my favorite thing? Right. When it's like, uh, well, first of all, you clearly were not paying attention because vampires are very fruity, my friend. Um, <laughs> but like... Like, I think that's what, like, that's got to be part of it. Even if that's not the thing that's on the surface level, that's the thing that's, like, picking at the lizard brain of, like, but this has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. And, like, because at least in, like, superhero movies. Yeah, they're like, it's bad, and I hate it because it's bad. And it's like, no. No, you hate it because it's You make a lot of concessions for a lot of real shit movies. You're sitting out there going, like, okay, but Texas Chainsaw, the new Next Generation's actually really good. And I was like, dude, like, for real, no. Like, it can be fun, but, like, it's stupid. Twilight's fun and stupid. They're the same. Yeah, let things be fun and stupid. Like, if you're, if if you're going to go to bat for that, then you really don't have a horse for, in this race. If you're going to go bat for something like Pieces, but you're going to shit on, on Twilight, come on. But I love curtains. Come on. <laughs> I do love curtains and Pieces, though. I'm just going to put I, that on front But street. I love Terror Train. No one loves Terror Train. <laughs> I guarantee you that there are people out there going, I will not stand for Terror Train slander. <laughs> it's cinematic gold. <laughs> and transphobic, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so <laughs> but no, like, it, it doesn't... Okay, so this is the point that I want to bring up. Like, obviously, culture... Obviously, there's a whole culture around Twilight. Obviously, it was insanely su- successful. Every single thing in the universe is somebody's favorite something. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody who's going to go to bat for it. Yeah. And in the case of Twilight, it happened to be millions. Yeah. It happened to be millions of people. And I think, like, and it also, I think it scared people because they were like, oh, God, they have so much power. They Their dollar is very strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that freaked people out. I genuinely think it freaked people out. No, but like, to that, okay, but absolutely. But to that point, like, we did, talked about this when we did Grease last week and how Grease made dummy money. These movies usually don't make, like, unbelievable blockbuster money. Like, a couple of movies we have, like, Fault in Our Stars has. But for mm-hmm. the most part, it's like they tap out at maybe, like, $120 million, which is still very, very good. Mm-hmm. But it's not action movie money. No, but do you know what's also really funny to me? Like, really genuinely funny to me? Hmm. Do you know what also came out this year? Uh, Sex Drive. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, it did. The MCU starts the same year as Twilight. And it is a very interesting trajectory, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the person who tries to say that the MCU was started as a counter protest to Twilight or anything like that, because obviously these movies were in production at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, no, that is not true. That's not what's happening. But it is very, very interesting to me that two of the biggest movie franchises of all time started the exact same year and twilight ended because just you know the the, it was done it was done there was no more books we don't need any fucking fantastic beast version of twilight no we don't we got 50 shades though (laughs) which is twilight fan fiction yeah yeah, so it did end up continuing sure but it's really really interesting when you look at the trajectory of what ended up happening and then you have the mcu which is while everybody can enjoy superhero movies the same way that everybody can enjoy Twilight, literally anybody can, but boys are just scared of it. Um, 
but when you have the the superhero stuff, which is a bit more macho and a bit more geared towards boys, it becomes the most dominant uh, franchise ever made. It mm-hmm. becomes the most profitable franchise in history. And it's just really telling to me to see like what we prioritize because Twilight made so much fucking money. And yet once the books were done, it was kind of like, well, I guess we're going to focus on other things. We, we're not going to foster this continued dollar. Mm-hmm. They just went back to making things that cater towards boys. And it's like, huh, okay, okay. This was a fun little experiment for you, wasn't it? And I think we just moved on to the next girl trend. And But what is that? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Nothing has made it like that is specifically so like Saoirse Ronan in Little Women. Women? Since Twilight, financially speaking, nothing, nothing has been this big. I don't have these numbers to argue that, but I feel like there are a couple examples that some bitter people could bring up, but I'm not going to argue it because that, yeah, that sounds right. No, because unless you count like Hunger Games, but then boys watched Hunger Games and shit like that. Because, because that one is a little bit, it has a female protagonist, it's female protagonist, but it's, it's presented in kind of like a gender neutral way. Yeah. Um, This is where we're getting our strong female characters. This is capital um, W women. Yes, capital W women. Um, but yeah, no, they did not pursue aggressively like women-led things. Well, not as franchises. As no. franchises. Like no. they, they just don't. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it gives me feelings. Oh, it gives me feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm at with it all. Who'd have thought? And what's really Hollywood interesting. Hollywood hates women. <laughs> yeah, who'd have guessed that? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hollywood hates women. Breaking news. Um, but, but no, something that I was thinking about, and this is obviously not a one-to-one comparison, but I think about how I kind of made a name for myself as being quote unquote, not like most girls because I was young and I, and I wrote about horror and I hated Twilight and that made me different and special. And that is a part of my life that I have to contend with. And I will for the rest of my life of knowing that I got sucked into that same toxic system Mm -hmm. and, you know, had that misdirected anger. And now as an adult, a woman in my thirties, I have just spent over an hour defending a movie that I don't think is that good with a story that I don't think is that great with messages that I don't think are super important and should be should be followed. But it's it's the principle of the fact. Like I will go to bat for Twilight because of because what it stands for and what it means is so much bigger and more important than whether or not Bella ends up with Edward. Mm-hmm. And in a very weird way, it makes me feel similarly to the way that you feel when you have to say, I hate Silence of the Lambs. But God damn it, Buffalo Bill is a trans woman and I will not let you misgender her. That's how I feel about Twilight, where it's like, I, God damn it, I hate Twilight, but I am not going to let you be misogynist to her. How fucking dare you? I will protect her. Like, that is how I feel about these movies now. And like, it's such a mind fuck for me because I would not have the career that I do had I not shit on Twilight. And that's such a weird thing for me to contend with. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just weird. And it's the first time that I'm having that feeling that, and I, I now empathize with you. Like, I always empathize with you. Well, like. Obviously. But, like, I I get it now. Like, because you were so torn up when you had to write all these articles about, you know, Silence of the Lambs. And I, I felt bad. I knew you were hurting. 
And now like I'm sitting here and I'm on the other side of it and I'm like, this sucks. This is the worst feeling. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, to, to that point, like, the writing all those articles for Silence of Lambs, like being asked to be on like fucking six podcasts and write seven articles. Yeah, that anniversary year hit you Jesus, hard. Jesus, it was awful. It's a year later. I'm still not like emotionally recovered from everyone being like, hey, we're going to tokenize the shit out of you. Mine through all of your trauma and all of your issues to write about this movie that you don't like. Right. And also, it's going to attract a lot of really unwanted attention and right. all of these TERFs and alt-right people are going to just claim you're a pedophile because they hate you. And they also claimed you're a serial killer, don't forget. That was fun too. <laughs> Great. It was a wonderful series of weeks. Had a marvelous time but essentially what you were doing was like all of these men who hated twilight were like look it's a teen girl Mm -hmm. this teen girl hates twilight Mm -hmm. and they tokenized the fuck out of you because you happened to agree with the thing that they were saying yeah they absolutely did and i like i was so taken advantage of and manipulated in that regard and did not realize it like my my stock went so high because of that. Because when I look back at my career and I've talked about it before, I talked about how like, oh yeah, everybody thought I was like this wonderkin because I was, you know, an 18-year-old who really liked Giallo films and Teen I correspondent, BJ Colangelo. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, you know, I was writing for really big sites when I was still a teenager and I would talk about exploitation cinema and all these things that like they didn't expect someone who looked like me, and I was still doing pageants at the time too. They really did not expect me to 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 be that person. Mm-hmm. But then they had their in. They had a teen girl who didn't like Twilight. And they took advantage of that to a degree that is so upsetting to me in hindsight where I'm like, wow, no, you all did that. Like you used me as as your person to justify your misogyny. Mm-hmm. And like I, I was such an active participant in that without fully understanding or realizing what was happening because again... I'm a teenager. I'm I'm scared and I, I'm trying to make a name for myself in an industry that's really shitty to women. It's part of why I went back in the fucking closet. Like, because I was so scared of like not having this male approval because I knew that I needed it to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where I sit there and I think about it and I'm like, I owe everything in my life to Twilight. And I was so mean to it and so unfairly mean to it because it's just a fucking movie that teens liked it's not i don't have to be mean to it the world is already going to be mean to it i don't Mm -hmm. need to add to that and in like a really really weird way doing this episode has been like so weirdly therapeutic for me well i can see you getting a bit misty over there yeah i'm choking a little bit (laughs) on my my tears because it's just like because thinking about that time in my life is really really hard and, like, I, I liked making jokes about, like, oh, yeah, twat light. Like, when, when Kristen Stewart cut her hair for the Runaways and she had a mullet. Like, I know I did a whole article about how Bella's now going to have, like, a terrible wig or, like, whatever. So, ultimately, I know this episode was not really about a movie. It was about a culture. It's about a way of life. <laughs> but I, I think that's the more important conversation to be having. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to hear people shit on Twilight, go listen to the commentary and listen to Robert Pattinson do it. It's He's the best at it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. That that might be the way that I want to revisit this movie. It's really funny. It's it's one of my favorite things in the world. Like, there are entire BuzzFeed articles dedicated to the things that he says in the commentary tracks because <laughs> it's so good. But I think that that does bring us to a time in harmony. Twilight is asking you to the prom. Is it a yes, a no, or a maybe? And are you writing anything on the card back? 
Dude, you really put me in a pickle, huh? <laughs> I sure did. So, <laughs> so since we're going to the prom, I do want to bring up an interesting thing that is like, okay, the Twilight soundtrack kind of rules. The Twilight soundtracks are all super good, and it's mostly Kristen Stewart's fault because she recommended the music. Yeah, so it's real cool, except for the song that plays at prom in this movie, which I'm like, man, this song sucks. And it like name checks Twilight. Like, what the fuck? And I'm like, look it up. And I'm like, oh, it's Perry Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're better than this, dude. <laughs> See, but then like it ends, though, with Iron and Wine's Flightless Bird American Mouth, which is a lovely song. Yeah, I I, I think that, well, what is it? Decode's not even in this movie. It's just on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, like Supermassive Black Hole, which, oh, God, I... Eyes on Fire. Oh, yeah, Here's the this thing. soundtrack rules. Supermassive Black Hole, I have such weird feelings about in this movie because... I totally, I, I got forced to be that fucking guy in high school where girls would be like, oh my God, you listen to Muse? I love Muse. They're one of my favorite bands. And I was like, oh yeah? And they're like, yeah, um, I love that song, Supermassive Black Hole. I'm like, you know them from do the you, Twilight soundtrack? Do, do you know any other songs by them? And they go, no, but they're just one of my favorites. And I'm like, oh. Because you they, don't want to be that person that's like, name three songs. I'm just sitting here being like, they wrote Origin of Symmetry. It's such a fucking amazing album and then i'm like here do you, do you want to listen to like citizen erase and they're like ew it's like seven minutes that's too long and i'm like ah. yeah it puts you in it puts you in a little bit of a pickle I'm like why are you making me be this guy who's just <laughs> sitting there being like dude you played guitar here right there's at least knights of Sidonia on that come on <laughs> so oh god it's fucking a whole thing so you've really put me in a pickle here more than once now um you're welcome here's the thing as a movie i really don't like twilight it it was fun for like 45 minutes and then it just got long Mm -hmm. and boring and then Mm -hmm. when it finally got exciting it became chaos and i checked out yes yes for the second time watching it and getting to that same point and going ah no but i i just can't in good faith be like oh yeah i want to go to the prom with it because i don't i really don't I, okay. I don't even want it to be a maybe. It's a no. But God damn it, if like, moralistically, this is one of those situations where it's like, hey, uh, when Scarlett Johansson got fucked over by Disney for Black Widow, di- was I on her side in terms of like, hey, make your money because you got screwed? Well, yeah, because Disney's evil and you did get screwed and they wouldn't have done that with a male-led movie. But also, I don't like you, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> So here's here's my thinking. I'm I'm going to add an entirely new category to the yes no or maybe. Oh. And we will keep this going forward as long as I remember to do it. Okay. You're not going to ask Twilight to the prom. You're not saying yes to Twilight asking you. Are you going to buy a ticket so they can go on their own? Sure. Yeah. Just go 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 dance on your own. Cue the Robin. Yeah, you you should be allowed to go to prom. It's not going to be with me, oh, but you no. deserve to be there. I absolutely do not want to go to prom <laughs> with Twilight, like not even remotely, especially because that song really is really bad. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this kind of all day because in my heart of hearts, I was like, Harmony's going to say no to this. Oh, the biggest fat no, like just had a bad time. But also like, but that doesn't mean that Twilight is not worthy of merit and worthy of a discussion. Like well, this yeah. is one of my favorite discussions we've ever had. Oh, good. Like, I'm not sitting here and rejecting it in the way that I did, like, Black Christmas or or 16 Candles, where I'm like, oh, no, this is fundamentally, like, morally wrong. I mean, it, it kind of is, because it gets into, like, weird relationship things. But this movie got such a raw deal for things that were... For existing! For things that didn't even have to do with the movie, and then people made up excuses. Mm-hmm. So I... Yeah. Go go by yourself. Yep. Go, go, get, go get a hot dog, kid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. That's perfect. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be the new thing is like, is it a yes, no, a maybe, or are you letting them get a ticket to go on their own? Sure. I think we're going to start incorporating that because I think we, we do need to add a little bit more, more nuance to these discussions where like, yeah, I don't want to go to prom with Twilight either, but they deserve to be there. They better be at that fucking prom. It's a pivotal moment in every girl's life, <laughs> even with a busted foot. <laughs> but she's got Converse on. That's how you know she's cool. Yeah, I think it's probably because she wasn't wearing heels. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. I think that takes us out on Twilight. Thank you, as always, for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the Sunset Prom. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BJ Colangelo. I have... Currently shut down my TikTok because the alt-right has found my TikTok and they are having a field day. So if you want to follow me on there, um, I hope that you have a picture because if it's like an anime picture, I'm not going to add you back. (laughs) Fair. Anyway, I don't have TikTok and therefore I have not had to lock it down. But I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Velocitraptor, Velosa underscore trap underscore tour. And speaking of baller ass soundtracks, thank you as always to the Sonderbombs for allowing us to use title as our theme song. Harmony, what cool indie band you got this week? So fortunately, because the Twilight soundtrack is just full of a lot of different good genres of music, it was like, I don't know, let's pick something that sounds like it would fit on this soundtrack, which is like most anything. <laughs> so uh, the band I want to shout out is called Dollskin. And uh, a a very unfair and raw deal that all sort of like emo or pop punk or even just like some general rock bands get is when you have non-male vocalists, everyone immediately says, hey, you sound like Paramore, even if they don't necessarily sound like Paramore. So uh, Dollskins probably is one of those bands that people unfairly go, oh, you're just a Paramore clone. And they're not. They actually really fucking rule. Yeah, for real. In their own independent way. Yeah, public service announcement, just because the lead singer is not a guy and can belt sing doesn't mean they're trying to do Haley Williams. It means they know how to belt sing, you clod. Yeah, so uh, Dollskin is really cool. Uh, they have released a couple songs last year. I'm assuming they have an album coming up, which is super fucking hype. Um, Control Feek is good. Their newest song is called Eat Shit. Big fan of that. But really, if you just like like aggressive emo driven pop punk with really killer vocals and a like a lot of snarl like just all their shit's good i just recommend all of it awesome well that sounds great everyone listen to them and friends we will see you next week and as always save that last dance for us bye bye vampires like baseball. Well, it's the American pastime. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me.